0: John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, man, the thief come to kill, steal, and destroy. That word destroy, uh, uh, translated the Passion Version, is slaughter. But, he said, but, Jesus said, I came to give life and abundant life. And we celebrate life. This this is a pro-life kind of week, and they had a pro-life march in D.C. That was awesome. We're seeing some great things happen. And so this is our Sunday to to say we don't celebrate death because we don't have a death culture. That's Satan's culture. We have a life culture. That's Jesus' culture. We're pro-life. And so I want to introduce to you uh, once again... uh, um, the person that is the director of our Pregnancy Resource Center at this time. She's served at the Resource Center since 2013. She served faithfully there, and then we brought her on part-time. And then after a period of time, uh, she took over as the director of the Pregnancy Resource Center and has been that for the last four years. You know, she she said God told her a long time ago that she'd be working with teenagers and that she would stand for life and against abortion, against death. And that's exactly how that worked. She, God gave her a passion. And, man, I tell you, you get around Lucilena and you start talking about abortion and stuff, man, you see this fire in her eyes and this fire in her heart to, to, to help these young women and to save babies and to stop Abortion in our nation, and so I want to introduce to you that person, the director of the Pregnancy Resource Center, um, and a passionate fighter for pro-life in our in our church and in our community, in our state. Uh, Please welcome Lucilena Cardenas. Come on, Lucilena, come on, go get them. Thank you. Good
1: morning. I'm really, really excited to be here today because we are, like Pastor said, definitely having a lot of really amazing things happening within our nation. We know that we serve the God of the impossible, and we are seeing a lot of fights that are being won. One of the myths is that a lot of arguments are being heard in the Supreme Court of the United States, and we are awaiting a vote which this vote is going to do, it's going to stop abortion in all 50 states. Well, now it's actually 49 because recently um, Texas just passed a law that is called the Heartbeat Law, um, also known as Bill 8. And um, what this bill is doing is it's preventing and making abortion illegal in Texas um, as soon as we hear a heartbeat. With the technology that we have right now, this is something that we are able to do as early as six weeks, which means that about 40,000 babies will be saved this year alone in just Texas. I know. We are, we are so excited about that. Um, But the fight's not over yet. Um, Unfortunately, because that law was passed, but fortunately that law was passed, a lot of people from Texas are trying to come to New Mexico to get those abortions. Why? Because we are 50 in a lot of other things, but unfortunately we are first in abortion. So right now, New Mexico is doing abortions up to nine months of pregnancy, trimester which means if a mommy decides you know what I don't want to have my baby I'm eight and a half months I'm just going to go get an abortion an abortionist in um, Albuquerque Santa Fe will actually do that for her thankfully we live in Roswell we don't have any abortion doctors here in Roswell Artesia or Carlsbad yes so what do we do from here We're seeing all these laws being passed. We're seeing that there's been victories in so many ways. What do we do? We need the Davids to rise up with the courage to face impossible situation like those phone calls. Being available, being there to pick up those phone calls, being there to love on those women that are coming into the Pregnancy Resource Center and saying, I don't know what to do. I can't have another kid. I cannot afford another kid. We need Esthers to rise up with the courage to take big risks. And this means maybe printing out that heartbeat bill, taking it to our state representatives, taking it to our city council and saying, hey, you guys are there. This is the bill that was passed in Texas. This is what we want in New Mexico. We are tired of being 50 and everything, but first, when it comes to abortion. We need the Daniels to rise up with the courage to not give in to the waste of the world. We need to teach our kids the importance of life, teach our families the importance of life, why we stand for life, why we do what we do. And we need the Mary's to rise up with the courage to be available to serve. Maybe you don't know how that's possible. Maybe you don't know how you can serve, but you can always pray. Pray for the abortion bill to be passed, and that Roe versus Wave is completely overturned in the United States, that there's no more babies being killed. Not only that, give 30 minutes of your time. Let's pick up a sign. Let's stand outside the courthouse and let Roswell know that we are done having so many babies being killed on a day-to-day basis in our state. Be ready for marches that are coming up so that whenever it's time to go march and take a stand, that you're there, that your family's there, that we're present. Be a Mary, because her unplanned pregnancy saved you and I. Thank you, guys.
0: Wow, 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 wow. You know, another way you can support is financially support as as Lucinda talked about. You can support monthly. You can go buy a T shirt. I like this T shirt. It's the one I have on. Pro life adjective. The radical idea that babies are people. That's a radical idea. That's crazy. That's a radical idea in our culture that babies are people. I like this one too. I like this one too. It says pro life, pro God, pro gun. <laughs> But you can go purchase one of those out there. Uh, I'm going to give those away in third service. Unless someone wants them now. Here, I'll give away these two. So, somebody want this? This is a, for one of the ladies right there. Somebody want this? Here, I'll throw it as far as I can. I didn't go very far. It's hard to throw T-shirts. You need a gun. But anyway, I need two more of those, by the way, for next service. You need one of those T-shirt guns to get those out there. But... Uh, you know, those are, that shouldn't be a radical idea. But unfortunately, in the culture that we face, it is a radical idea. Oh my gosh, that, you're pro life? Because they use words like pro choice and pro uh, woman, and it's a healthcare need. Listen. Guys, Satan's always trying to control words, what we call the narrative, and he twists things. He always twists it. It's not about choices. We believe in people having choices. It's not about women's health care. We believe that women should, should have access to women's health care. It's about that baby, whether that baby's a human being or not. And thank God for Texas. Now, you look at Texas right now. They have stood up to that. The Supreme Court has upheld it and then upheld it again just a few weeks ago. That law is in effect in Texas right now, <laughs> but, which is awesome. And we're hoping Roe v. Wade is eliminated. So that means there will not be any federal laws that abortion is legal. That's going to leave this. Each state will have to decide what they're going to do. It'll go back to the states. I said it would go back to the states. You watch Texas right now. They are prospering like the state of Texas has never prospered. I mean, they're blowing up everywhere. Whole town's growing in just a few years. Like 30,000 member towns growing up you just like this. They're prospering. They're blowing up. Businesses are moving there. That, that's not coincidence, guys. Where, where God and freedom reign, that's what happens. We want that to be in New Mexico. I'm not satisfied that it's crossed the border. And let me tell you this, Lucilena and our Pregnancy Research Center, just our center alone, getting three or four phone calls a day from Texas. Do you do abortions? Do you do abortions? They're coming here in drugs. So not only, now we're, now we're taking on all the abortions from Texas in our state. I, I'm thinking about this this summer, doing a march uh, on the, late-term abortion clinic in Albuquerque. We're gonna we're gonna rent buses. We're gonna load it up with people and teenagers. We're gonna ask everybody to drive up there probably the week before school starts this summer, so start thinking about this already. We'll go up on a Saturday. We'll march for three or four hours and pray. We're not gonna march and tell people we want them all to die. We don't have a culture of death, right? We're gonna reach our hands out. We're gonna pray against that spirit of death. We're gonna speak life over that, and we're gonna pray that God puts an end to that late-term abortion clinic in Albuquerque. If they think for a moment, if they think for a moment that we're just satisfied that there's not an abortion clinic in Roswell, they are sadly mistaken. They bring the fight to us every day. They slaughter those babies every day. They destroy so many women's lives every day. We're going to put a stop to that. We're going, to, we're, going to put, we're going to pray to our God and put a stop to that. And let me say this, too. We have elections coming up. Early voting starts February 1st. I know this. The people I support for these, and I don't know all the candidates. I don't know everybody in there. But I know our mayor. I, I tell you, you want to keep Roswell free? You want to get it free from abortions? You want to keep it free from, from all the culture of Santa Fe being imposed on our city? I, I'm going to vote for Dennis Kentai. I know he's pro-life. And I, if I could and I lived in this district, I'd vote for Joe Green because I know he's pro-life too. And find the other candidates and the governors and these other races around town. You ask them. I'm telling you, the number one thing I ask people when they come and want to talk to me, are you pro-life? And what are you willing to do about it? What stands are you willing? Because a lot of people, they're pro-life in the closet when, you, when they want your vote right? But we need them to be actively, voicefully standing, praying, loving, enacting laws and fighting for the life of these children and really the life of our state. Amen. The life of our state. And so get out and vote. It's not too late to register. Uh, go, Go register and go vote. You vote with your feet in your pocketbook. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that here in just a moment. But I also wanna just mention the Joy of Marriage Conference. You heard it on the announcements coming up. Right now, the price is $135. I'm extending that price till midnight, February 6th. On the 7th, it goes to $155. At the door, it goes to $185. Sign up now. And I think the first 20 that, uh, that saw us on Facebook Live the other day, we're gonna do another drawing. Uh, David and Annette Aguilar won the last drawing for some merchandise. This drawing's for uh, two meals. Over at Valley Cafe, some other stuff. So, we're giving away stuff for the next 20 that sign up. So, sign up now and don't let the price go up on you. Amen. If you can't afford it, uh, man, someone in here, people in here have made donations. So, we have a few scholarships. So, Find out from that. Uh, I mean, and if you've can, if you got extra, you know what? Julie and I haven't sewn into that. We're going to sew a couple extra uh, in there, uh, and we'll scholarship some people who we know can't afford it. We'll, get, we'll pick them out and, and give those to them. And uh, so anyway, uh, if you have extra, man, sew into someone else's marriage. Amen. If you're single, sew into your future marriage and come and serve. Amen. Let's celebrate what God celebrates. And so he celebrates our relationship with him and the family. And that's what we celebrate here at Church on the Move. Man, oh man, oh man, do I have a message for you today. You might be wondering why this stuff is on the platform, but you're not going to wonder much longer. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 19. Man, good things, good things are happening. Good things, are, th- good things have happened. Good things are happening, and good things are going to happen. This is the year. I believe this is a year of transition and change. God is doing a new thing, and if you serve him and seek him, you're going to get in on it. You're going to see some things happen this year. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Don't keep hoarding up for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rust, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile. Everybody say stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Your heart will always pursue what you value, what you treasure. Let me ask you a question, and I don't want anybody to have to answer this. And I know there's gonna be various answers in the room, but I want you to be honest with yourself, not not to beat yourself up or to... to uh, Uh, you know, condemn you, nothing like that, just to take an honest evaluation of where you're at right now in your faith in God, your belief in God, what you really treasure in your heart. Okay, so you walk in a room, you walk in a room, and there's two things in that room. There's this. There's this right here, and it's real. This is all fake, by the way. For all those people that think we got all kinds of wealth stored up or something, just, this isn't real. It's not. Now, they'll really think we're cult on the move if this was real, right? <laughs> people are nuts. Uh, but uh, if this was real, would you take this box or would you take this? Which one would your heart, would you say, get the other in, honey. (laughs) We just took care of a lot of problems. Or would you grab this one and say, no, honey, we need to take this. Because this contains a million of those things. But it's not just money. It's not just money, it's family, it's health, it's miracles that we're going to need in this life. It's help and trouble, it's love, it's peace, it's all the things that this can't give me. But what, would you, what, what one would you take? Which one would you choose? I think most of us think, man, that would be tempting. To carry that box out, we get asked that question every day of our life. This is what I know about our hearts, what we value, just because I know the Word of God says it. I know it's true, but I've also experienced it, so I know it's true. That what you value, you pursue, no doubt about it. What you value in here. When I met Julie, man, I waited about a week to call her after that first date, but I wanted to call her before I got home. I just didn't want her to think I was desperate. Even though I was already desperately in love with her. And I wanted to call her on Monday. I think we went out on a Saturday or Saturday night. I wanted to call her Saturday night, Sunday. Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday morning. I wanted to call her at 3 in the morning. I wanted to call her. I had to fight it off. I had to fight it off. And the whole time, she's sitting there like, why doesn't he call me? And I'm thinking, I just don't want to be desperate. I don't want to be desperate, God. I don't want to think I'm desperate man I couldn't wait and I said I'm gonna call her on uh, Thursday I'll call her on Thursday and man I couldn't wait to call her and once I called her and we went on that second date then it was like every day I took her to lunch I couldn't wait to go to lunch and buy her lunch I mean we fell asleep at five o'clock in the morning talking on the phone you know that was her that wasn't me that was her I mean, we, 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 we couldn't spend enough time together because we valued the relationship. Our heart pursued what I valued. Your heart will always pursue what you value. Always. God is speaking something. He wants us all to get in on his goodness. He's, he says in his word, I've stockpiled my goodness. I got a stockpile. Any of you ever watched the, uh, oh gosh, what, what's, the, what's the movie? I know what it's about. It's got like orcs in it and dwar- elves and what is it called? Lord of the Rings, of the Rings yeah. And they go into the, uh, where the uh, little people are. What do they call themselves? The hop not the hobbits, the other guys. The dwarves. They go into the dwarves' empire. They dig, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but you guys are helping me. <laughs> You guys are helping me today. They go into the dwarfs' empire, and they see all the that one room is just full of treasure. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen the movie? I mean, it's, it's like a treasure. on, I mean, it's, it's like 30, 40, 50 feet deep, and it's massive caves full. God has stockpiled his goodness. He stockpiled it. And he wants to pour it out on his people but he wants somebody that'll choose this and their relationship with him over this. He doesn't have a problem with you having this. He has a problem with this having your heart. That's what he's got a problem with. Because it's gonna lead to much evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's gonna that the love of that is gonna to learn to lead to evil, the love of God and His Word, of knowing Him is going to lead to a bunch of good, a bunch of good happening. He goes on to say this: How can you worship? This is verse twenty four. How can you worship two gods at the same time? You'll have to. I'm sorry. Let's go back up to twenty two. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, everybody say unclouded. That's a powerful word. The light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? Man, when we love stuff, when we love relationships, I know people so enamored by another person that it controls every emotion. It controls their money, their thoughts, their ideas, their attitudes. It even controls their value of themselves. If that person doesn't value them, they feel so devalued. They become desperate. People have murdered other people like, if I can't have you, I'm killing you. They're so Enamored. Their God is a person. Their God is money. Their God is a relationship. Their God is this, that, and another thing. And it so clouds their heart that the light of God's truth cannot penetrate it. How, how sad is that? That someone would value the stuff that is here today and gone tomorrow. Overvaluing. The love and goodness of God that is eternal. That is eternal. This or that. Listen to them. Now we'll read the rest of this. How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to. You will have to hate one and love the other. You will have to. I said you'll have to hate one and love the other. I know people, they come to church, they hear about tithing and giving. Man, we talk about what we give and tithing and, you know, all this stuff. And, man, they they don't come back to church. Their love is money. And they think because we talk about it, our love is money. Not true at all. Our love is our God in giving. Because our God is a giver. And because we sow that, we reap that, and then we give some more. That's how it works, because our love is God, and and, and we we serve the giving God. We're not takers, we're givers. But they see it differently. Why? Because they love money and love their stuff more than they love God. And God says in his word, this is not my word, his word, you will hate one. You'll have to hate one and love the other. You know, 80% of people leave church over a broken relationship. Because that relationship is more important than God and their relationship with the body of Christ, eighty percent. Eighty percent. I can I can think. I got name. I got a Rolodex of, pe- Rolodex of people. Dokes. I got a Rolodex. Some some people don't even know what a Rolodex is. <laughs> it's back when we had you know we had dinosaurs and we had wood uh, rocks for wheels and we had Rolodexes. Look it up. You'll see what one is. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we, have this, we have this container in us. It's called our heart. It's our safe. It's where we keep treasures. We have it inside of us. God put a, He put a safe, a container that we keep treasures in inside of us. And we get to choose what treasures we put in there. And if you put something in there other than the love of God, you're going to hate God for it. Some people put their sexuality in there. God, we see it all over our culture. Golly, man, it's driven people crazy. They actually think. They're teaching now that biology does not determine your sex. So much for science, right? The people who yell science, science. (laughs) The hypocrisy is... Is off the chain because they value themselves in their own sexuality, their own life, more than they value God. And that's what they've put in here. So, because of what, what you value is what you pursue, that's what they pursue. That's what they have a passion about. God said, You'll hate me. A lot of those people hate God. They hate the church, they hate God, they hate the word, they hate everything, they hate Christianity. Because I've said it a bunch of times recently because, <laughs> excuse me, it's true. <clears throat> the truth is intolerant. The truth is intolerant because it's the truth. And so any, there's a, a million lies, but there's only one truth. So it, it, can't, it won't tolerate a million lies. The, the world thinks if there's a million lies and there's only one truth, that somehow a million lies trump one truth. That's not how it works. Some people value all kinds of other things other than God first, other than his word. He says this, you can't, everybody say can't, worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. You can't, you can't. He said, you can't. You know how he keeps us free? That's why he established the tithe and giving and told his people, you be a giver, you be generous. Why? Because he keeps us free from the love of money. That's how we stay free. God not only tells us to do it, then he gives us stuff to do. And that's in every area of our life. That's in every area of our life. You know, even when I fell in love with Julie, and I wanted to spend all this time with her, and I valued that. I'd gone through a process where I'd put God first. So if Julie didn't line up, uh, her life didn't line up with the word, I, Julie was gone. And she felt the same way. She was going to marry a man of God, period. I was going to marry a woman of God. So the questions I asked her during, after we kind of got to know each other a little bit on our first date, where do you go to church? Came around, where do you, where do you serve in the church? Came around and asked her, do you tithe? Do you tithe? I asked her all those questions on the first day. And I talked about those things in my life. Because if if I couldn't check those boxes that God is first in her life, I knew we wouldn't make it. I was never going to put anything above God. I tried it. It doesn't work well. And a cloud, you start. You have this container, this vessel. It's like we have, we have. Uh, I have this little box that I had when I was a little kid, and Julia testified to this. I wrote big letters on this box: "Do not touch," with explanation points. Why? Because I had older brothers, and they always messed with me. And I doubt that stopped them from touching. They probably walked by and touched it, say, "Oh, do not touch." <laughs> But I wrote in big letters, do not touch. And inside of that box is some treasures. I have letters from my dad that he wrote me when he was gone away. When he was uh, off serving our country, I have these letters from my father. And I have all these little things in there from my childhood that were treasures to me. But I can't fit hardly anything else in that box. Because what? There's already something in there. What God's word is saying, when you crowd, this is, your heart is your container. It's your, it's your box. It's your safe. You can only put so much stuff in there. And when you stuff it full of other things, the word tries to come in and finds it full. And cannot enter. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 says this. This is in the New King James. My son, my daughters. But he addressed men because he knows as the men go, the whole culture will go. He said, if, that next word is the most powerful word in this sentence. If. You know what he's saying? I gave you a choice. What you will value. You can choose what you value. You can choose what your treasure is. He said, if that is, most times we'd skip over that word, but this is the most important part of the sentence. If you receive. If. If you receive. That word receive or accept in some other translations means this. It means to receive, accept with joy and pleasure. Receive it with joy and receive it like, this is awesome. This is incredible. My words and and my commands, where? Within you, in your heart. If you'll treasure his word, if you'll receive it with joy, if you'll accept it with joy and begin to treasure it, oh, man, doors open. That scripture Pastor Sean read is in my notes, and I I didn't get to it, probably won't. But Proverbs 3 is an extension of Proverbs 2. It's just an extension. There was no Proverbs 3 and 2. It was just all written together. Listen, Proverbs Proverbs 3 is an extension of Proverbs 2, and it's talking about the Word, the Word, the Word. When you treasure the Word, you'll have a full life. When you treasure the Word, you'll have a full life. Go to the next part next verse my son if you receive if you receive and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding two two really important words in there incline and apply those are verbs those are action words you have to press in You have to incline your ear. You have to lend your ear and say, I want to hear the word. I want to hear the word. And there's not enough word just on Sunday and Wednesday to satisfy you because you're hearing the opposite of the word all day long. You've got to have word every day. But you have to incline your ear. You have to apply your heart. Otherwise, your heart has to be in it. You're going to have to be very intentional of saying, I choose this over this. And I'm going to pursue, I'm going to incline, I'm going to listen to the word. Man, even if I have to get my daily dose driving in my car and just listen to the word being read. There's all kinds of things out there. All kinds of things out there. You can hear, you can just turn it on while you're getting ready and incline your ear to it and really pursue it with your heart. It's got to be heartfelt. He said to understanding it. Next verse. Yes, yeah, I like God. God's a God of yes. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the Lord. Wow. Wow, if you'll begin to treat this word that it is more valuable than this, and if you say, Pastor Troy, I don't understand that, guess what, he just answered that question. He said, ask me for understanding, I'll give it to you. Man, when I open my Bible, I pray before I even read it. God, give me knowledge and understanding of who you are so I know who I am. Because only knowing Him can I discover what He's called me to do and what He's called me to be. I pray it all the time. I pray it every time I open the Word. And there's not a time that goes by that He doesn't illuminate something in there and say, look at that, check that out, look at this. I was talking to a friend of mine a few moments ago, and he said, I've read this verse a hundred times, and I finally saw this part of it. Listen, God will illuminate things. He'll illuminate things that you need to see and you need to know. When he does that, that's when you start got to start digging. That's when you get on Google and say, hey, what's that mean? What's that word in Hebrew? What's that word in Greek? Well, That's when you get in there and say, is there a sermon just on this scripture? There's sermons on every scripture you can possibly think of. There's sermons on every topic. There's teachings that you can read, listen to on every topic on Google. You've yeah, got, you got this one scripture, like, I'm going to listen to a message on that particular scripture because I want to get greater understanding of that. I'm going to dig deeper into the treasure of God. I'm going to get to, I'm gonna, if, I, if it's this good on top, what's on the bottom? Is there anything below that that's even better? Dig deeper. You have to treat it like it's a treasure. You have to seek it. You have to want it. I guarantee you, if this was real and I buried this on your property, oh man, you wouldn't even go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Seriously, you wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't go to work tomorrow. You call in and say, "I'm not even." I'm. Not, I'm. Not, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm calling in. I'm not coming back because I got. I'm going to find something in my yard. It's. I'm done. Don't count on me being there. Because I'm going to dig, your whole yard would look like a crater. You'd go rent a backhoe and, I mean, you'd have every shovel. You'd have every, you'd be like, kids, get out of bed, let's go. Right? You'd dig all over till you found this box. Man, God wants us to be that excited about this box. Because this this box opens (laughs) up. Woo, it opens up to stuff that is life-giving. Man, I wouldn't trade. Uh, You know, there's a family, I'm very unfortunate. They won the lottery. Man, their whole life has fallen apart. I watched it. Man, I watched them, their dream home sold to somebody for half the price. Their marriage is over. Their life is dwindled. Their money's gone. You think I'd trade that lottery win? for the marriage and family and church and purpose and destiny, the peace, the hope I have inside of me because of this. Not in a a second, I wouldn't trade for nothing. What God has given me, would I trade heaven for this? (laughs) The Pharaohs tried to take this with them. Well, we dug it up, it's in a museum. The Chinese emperors tried to take this with them. We dug it up and we got their stuff. It don't go with you. It don't go with you. The Bible says there's a foolish man that gathers up stuff like that. Then when he dies, it goes to somebody else. They can't take it with them. You've heard the statement, there's no U-Haul behind the casket. They don't bury you and all your stuff right on top of you in a U Haul trailer. Nah, there's there's things more valuable. But you know what's amazing to me? If you'll dig into this, this will just start coming to you. He said, Put my kingdom first and I'll add to you. I like how God adds. Julie and I have lived a life of it, it didn't come overnight. Because things that grow don't grow overnight. Babies don't grow overnight. It takes nine months to grow a good baby. Fully formed baby. Right? It takes takes a whole season to grow crops. Sometimes trees have to grow for years before they produce any kind of fruit. But you know if you plant it, somewhere along the line you're going to eat the fruit of it. Seriously. Just you yourself think about it. Which one would you carry out of the room? And if it's that one, I just want to encourage you today. Pray and say, God, that's what I'd probably carry out. But I don't want to. God, teach me to treasure your word in my relationship with you. Listen. People often pray, God, speak to me. Can I tell you something? He spoke this word and men wrote it down. Because there's a partnership between us and God. So he spoke it men wrote it down. When we read it, it's God speaking to us. It's God speaking to us. Put that next verse up there and we're done. I'll read this to you. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding keep going he stores up sound wisdom for the upright he is a shield to those who walk uprightly he guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints i like it god calls me saint troy he calls you saint too Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil. I'm going to stop right there. It says before that, that you'll discover the fear of the Lord, the love and affection and awe of God when you you value this over that. And through that process, guys, your life will start to bubble up. And when you face trouble, you'll have hope that money can't buy. Money can't buy hope. But this word is the dispenser of hope. But let's turn it into something else. Oh, gosh, I got to give you these stats real fast. Write these down. These are good. Okay. We learn and remember 10% of what we hear. Only 10% of what we hear. 20 or 15% of what we see. So only 10% of what we hear, 15% of what we see. We learn and remember. 20% of what we hear and see. Only 20% of what we hear and see. 40% 40% of what we discuss with others. That's why discussion is so key when you're talking when talking to each other about the word or about things. You learn a lot. 80% of what we experience directly. You know what the saddest thing to me is? Is that people come and hear about the hope that God has. The, the promises of God are His hope. They hear about all the promises of God. Heaven over hell. Truth over lies. Love over hate. Peace over worry and fear. Oh, my goodness. Freedom over slavery. I mean, they hear all these great things, and they have this hope, but they never get to experience it because they don't treasure the Word. When you treasure the Word, you get to experience it. No one's going to tell me God doesn't answer prayer. Why? Because I've already experienced it. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me. I've experienced it too many times. And that's how we really learn and remember is to experience the hope of God. What happens when you dig in this word and you treat it as a treasure, the hope you read in here becomes faith and faith produces answered prayer. And then we all get to experience. And once you experience, like, I can't go back. I can't go, I have no plan B. Why? I've already experienced it, I know this. And then the last thing is 90% of us remember and learn from what we teach. So you go from experiencing what does God call our experiences? what does he has a word for it? Our testimony, what we experienced. and when we begin to teach people our testimony, what we've experienced with God, we even learn and remember more. And he captures our hearts. He captures our hearts. You notice says scripture? Proverbs 3, 1, it says, if you live close to God, it didn't say perfect. It didn't say perfect. It said close. It says, if you pursue, the Bible has all these promises. If you'll, if you'll desire, you'll pursue, you'll act. He never says perfect. Man, if you can capture 90% of all what God says, oh, my goodness. When evil comes, you'll resist it, that 10%. You'll begin to resist that evil and live Right? And God will open up treasure box to you. He said, I'll open up stuff to you that you don't have room enough to hold. You can't hang, it'll be too much. Your couple runneth over into this life if we choose the word over the world. Every eye closed. And you know, online, whatever you gotta do to remove distractions. Some of you home with kids and different things, just remove, close your eyes, do what you gotta do to remove distractions. We close our eyes just to remove distractions in the room. I don't want you to think about the person next to you, about what happened yesterday, what you're gonna do today, what you're gonna eat for lunch. Just think about this, live in this moment right now and ask yourself this question. If I died today, would I go to heaven or hell? If you say, I don't know, or you say, hell, I'd just go to hell. Man, God wants to change that, your destiny today. He wants to change the I don't know. And he wants to change, well, I'd probably go to hell. He wants to change that. He wants to change your answer to that question where you can confidently say, I'll go to heaven. But there's an if in there if you will accept Jesus as the Lord of your life and allow him to accept you into his kingdom, if you will give your life to him and trust him, that out of giving your life away, you'll actually save your life. Instead of hanging on to yourself and losing your life, you actually realize, hold on a second, the only way I can truly live is to give my life to God. It's in the giving, not the taking, that we experience life. If today you say, you know what, I don't feel it, I don't care about feelings, I'm going to make a decision of my heart. God, I'm yours, and you are mine. And my life is in you. Teach me. Forgive me. If you want to pray that today and you never have, this is the moment, this is the time. Or maybe you've known him and you've run away. Whatever the reason is, whether it's sin that you chased or hurt that happened, whatever it is, you ran away. You just need to come back. You know how many people I know that have said when we call them or talk to them, say, man, where are you? What's going on? I know I need to come back. And it's not just come back to church. It's really come back to the things of God. That'll bring you to church. God'll bring you to church. But you gotta come back to God. God's first. So whether it's you're coming for the first time or you're coming for the next time, you just need to come home. You wanna get right with God before you leave here. Or online, online, send us a message right now. Send it, send it right now. I'm praying for the first time. I'm praying for the next time. Don't even hesitate. Send it now. In here, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and say, "I need to get right with God." That's what you're saying. We're all, we're, where we're all seated. We're just going to pray. No strings attached. You just, but you need to acknowledge that you that you prayed. You need to acknowledge that you need God. It's vital. It's really important. It's an accountability thing to yourself and God and others. So let me ask you to do this. On the count of three in this room, I want you to raise your hand online. Send us a message. One, two, three. Just raise your hand and say, it's me. Raise it up and put it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join? them? Yeah, there's a few more. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Come on, jump in here. This is the day, man. This is it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, right where we're seated, let's pray together. Those online, pray with us. Say this, say, God, you gotta say it out of your heart and out of your mouth. God, I believe you are God and God alone. Today, I choose you first. And I thank you that you love me first. And that you sent Jesus and he did die on that cross for my sins. And you did raise him from the dead. And he's alive. You did all of that because you wanted to rescue me. Save my life from sin's slavery and eternal death. Thank you for doing that. And because I believe that, I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. And I receive right now your forgiveness. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life. I give you my life, all of it, and trust you with it that you have a better plan than I ever had. And I thank you for receiving me into your kingdom and that heaven is my eternal home. Until then, though, teach me by the Holy Spirit living in me in the treasure of your word how to live for you, how to live in freedom, how to walk in And give away your blessings in this life till I see you in the next. Thank you in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for how good he is.